something for you? Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. A song like that will make you want to change your message. <laughs> Man. Now, I'm, I'm looking forward to preaching this tonight. I'm excited about it. Exodus chapter 3. But powerful song. Powerful song. 
Calvary's love. Mm. Rise above. <laughs> Amen. All right, we're going to talk about a few things this evening. And uh, we're going to talk about Moses. And anyone ever heard of Moses before? Yeah? All right, very good. Moses in the Bible. God used him to do a few things. Yes. Exodus chapter 3, and I'm going to read down through verse number 6, starting in verse number 1. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Moses, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Father, we come to you tonight, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here. Thankful for what has already taken place. Lord, for the song service, the congregational singing. Thankful for the time of prayer that we had. and Lord, the time even of fellowship before the service began. The fellowship we'll have in a moment. Lord, for this, the song we just heard. Lord, we are so thankful, so grateful for what you did for us on the cross. How you shed your perfect blood. How you left your perfect home in heaven for a wicked sinner like me. Wicked church like us. Lord, let us never get over that love. I pray, Lord, that you would be magnified. Lord, that the words that I speak tonight would be through you. In and through you, that you would do the work this evening and speak to all of us through your word, this powerful book, the Bible. Bless the time that we have together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Exodus chapter 3. Has anyone ever heard of the phrase... On fire for God. Anyone ever heard a phrase like that? You know, that, that youth group is just on fire for God. That church is on fire for God. I've heard that my entire life. Ah, that, that couple, they're just on fire for God. That young man, that young lady, they're just on fire for God. I was thinking about that thought this, this week, over the last couple of weeks, really, and I thought to myself, what does that mean? On fire for God. You know, you hear things, we say things, you know, you hear it preached. In conversation, you hear it mentioned. What does it mean? What does being on fire for God look like? What's the result of being on fire for God? Am I a little hot tonight? Is it a little hot? It feels a little hot up here. I feel like we're going to get going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell a little bit, bouncing around. I hope I yell a little bit. I want to yell a little bit. Sounds fun, right? 
Everyone likes to scream and yell every once in a while. I want to be able to do that. Does that sound good? No one else gets to do that tonight. I get to do that tonight. Now, if you're amen, and that's fine. I was talking to the teenagers before, and uh, they were talking about uh, one of the last times they got up here to preach, you know, one of the teen takeovers, and they, they took, like, forever, and they kept going and went way over. And, and, and I thought, and I think it was because they weren't getting enough amens. That's the conclusion they came to. They weren't getting enough amens, so they just kept re-preaching their message back and forth. So maybe the same thing will happen tonight. i got to get a few amens. We might just keep on rolling, keep on going. All right, everyone's ready to roll. Okay, very good. All right, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. On fire for God. You know what? I think if I were to pull the room, raise a hand, we would be able to give a simple definition or a basic understanding of the phrase on fire for God. I think we kind of understand. And I want to paint a picture tonight of kind of what that looks like. I want, to, I want to simplify, I want to clarify that phrase because I do believe with all of my heart we are in desperate need in our world, the world in which we live for a bunch of Christians, a church that is legitimately on fire for God. If we're going to make a difference right here in Akron, Ohio, there's preacher has just crushed it. I, I really don't need to preach this message. If you have listened to the Sunday morning messages, we've, we've talked about passion, Right? And we need a passionate church. Passion for the right things. That which God thinks is important. Talked about our priorities. He's just crushed it. And that's exactly, you can, you can look through your Sunday morning notes and that's basically where this outline has come from. Not exactly, but basically the definition of that, on fire for God. If we can wrap our minds around the Sunday morning messages over the last few weeks, even the last couple of months... We'll have it down. We will. And I'm thankful, thankful to go to a church where we hear preaching like that every week, every service. So we're looking at a guy by the name of Moses tonight. Now, I'm going to take an interesting turn from an odd viewpoint. And Moses is very much a part of this story, but we're going to look at that bush Okay, that is also a rather important part to this specific, the few verses that we read, the portion of scripture we read tonight, that bush. You see, what has happened, let's look at verse number three really quick. Moses said, verse number three, chapter three, Exodus there. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight and see this great Sight why the bush is not burnt. Moses said, I will now turn aside, get that, turn aside and see this great sight. Now, I think we've probably all heard a message preached on those few words there, and, and that's a powerful thought. I'm going to talk about it for just a moment. That's kind of a side point, a side note. But what got Moses to turn aside? He's doing his job. Where's he at? What's he doing right now? He's watching the sheep, okay? And there he is, the backside of a desert, and he sees something, right? He sees something. He's doing his job. He catches his eye. Now he has a decision to make. Is that sight cool enough? Amazing enough 
peculiar enough to get me to turn around and make my way to it, look into it. What is this? What's going on? Something's odd. Something's a little out of place. Or is it just, we've all done a little double take. Eh, Okay, I'm busy. (laughs) And just keep right on going. We've, We've all done that. Was it cool enough? Was it crazy enough to get them to stop completely and turn and look? Go toward, we know, we, we just read the verses. Obviously, he was intrigued. He was very interested. What's going on here? And he does turn. He does check it out. Remember, I don't know, we, preacher had us standing up on Sunday night. Those of you that have been involved in this church or members here for he went back to 20, 25 years and all the way down to just, just getting here. And we had people standing all over the auditorium, and that was wonderful. Going back a handful of years ago, I think it was my, I want to say, eighth grade, eighth grade youth rally. And we had a guy by the name of Todd Bennett come. You remember that? Some of you remember that. And he was a pretty cool dude. He was on a motorcycle, a dirt bike. And he was ramping, he's ramping over like multiple buses that are stacked up side by side, doing all kinds of cool tricks, Superman, tabletops, here he goes, and it's like, this guy's going to die, this is crazy, and it's amazing, it was awesome. I tell you, we had a good crew, a good group, one of the, one of my, I, I love the picture, I wish I could find it, if someone has it, send it to me. There was that side street by the old church, remember, remember that? It would cut right through to the plaza, and it was like that whole street was just packed. Like teenagers, people everywhere, you couldn't even see the street, just packed. And they're all making way, their way up to the plaza because we're going to watch Todd Bennett, and he's going to jump some buses. He might die. And that was basically it, right? Everyone, you watch these guys, they're skiing, and they're doing their tricks, multiple flips. Okay, go for four flips. Go ahead from our living room. Like, yeah, that's great. I'd never do it, but maybe they will. It'd be really cool, but fun to watch. And there he is, he's doing flips, and he's going crazy, and it's amazing. Now, one thing that I remember, yes, all of us that were involved in the youth rally, we were going to watch it. That, I mean, that's a, lot, a lot of the groups came to see this. It was amazing. You don't see that every single day. But the one thing that I remember is we stopped on this side, on the far side, the closest side of all those buses and the ramp, and and he's doing cool tricks and everything. But I looked to the other side of the parking lot, and it was amazing. There were people starting to pack up on that side. Had nothing to do with the youth rally at all. They're just passerby, just driving down the street, and they see some guy jumping over buses, and you know what? I think I'm going <laughs> to, let's check this out. I mean, that's what they did. All right, now, I was thinking about this. What if, what if we drove two buses over to that plaza, and we all lined up, and we looked at those buses, those two buses? Do you think those people driving by Canton Road... What it went, look at those buses. Look at those two buses. Let's go look at those. Let's go stare at those buses. That looks amazing. Now, no one would have turned around. Unless Macy had her license and was driving, she would stop and look at the buses. She loves buses. She goes, look at the bus, the buses, buses. She sees buses everywhere. She loves buses. But most people aren't stopping to look at the buses. Well, what if we stacked five buses up and had them sitting there in the plaza in that parking lot? Would they have pulled in then? No. No, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have cared. We see buses all the time. They made a look, seen, 
What's going on? Buses. Okay, keep going. We put a ramp up on each side. Now it's getting a little interesting. I'm going to slow down. I think I know what's going on over there, but I don't see anyone driving a motorcycle. I don't see anything crazy happening, so I'm just going to keep on going. All of a sudden, you drive by, and you see five buses, six buses stacked up side by side. Boom, 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 right down the line. You see a couple of ramps. You see a dirt bike. You see a guy on a dirt bike, and he's doing wheelies, and he's flying 100 miles an hour down the parking lot. He's hitting that ramp and jumping over. Now we're turning around. Now we're stopping. We're pulling off, and we're looking to see what is going on. It was that interesting, that unique. I'm stopping for a second. I'm intrigued. Moses, on the backside of the desert, just doing his job, something catches his eye. And it's a bit peculiar. It's a bit interesting. And he decides, I'm going to go check this thing out. What is going on? And I thought to myself, what is interesting about this bush? Was it the bush that got Moses to turn around and to walk up and find this thing? Look, look, I got to get a closer look. Look at that bush. Everyone wants to look at a bush every once in a while. Just look at it. That's a nice bush. Look at that bush. That's great. No, the bush didn't get him to turn around. Uh-uh. What, it was the, look at the fire. The fire. Everyone loves fire. You get me around a fire. No, you get Gary around a fire. There's no telling what could happen. Fire. Everyone loves a good fire, right? You get a fire going and someone's going to watch. Someone's going to look at it. You ever see, you go to, you're camping out. There's a whole bunch of us guys and we go to camp out the father, son. It's an amazing activity, wonderful activity. And there's a fire and there's all of us guys. We put our chairs. You put your chair up on the opposite side of the field. No, you put it right there by the fire. Everyone's gathered around the fire. We like looking at fire. We like jumping over fire. All right. We like playing with fire. It's not good. Not good at all. But it's fun. All right. Fire, did it catch his eye? It may have. I think if he saw fire, just out of nowhere, he catches his eye. But you know what? Quite frankly, on the backside of the desert, I don't think the fire is making or breaking his routine. And the fire. And he's just going to keep on walking. But there was something interesting about this bush and the fire that was in the midst of the bush. And notice what he saw. Verse number three, once again. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. Something interesting about this bush and the fire that's not consuming it. There it is. There's a fire, all right. But there's something different about this fire. And I wonder... If we as Christians, we as believers, could get that fire down deep in our hearts. Because when we see, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when you see fire in the Bible, go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 19. Look at that really quick. Exodus chapter 19. Verse number 18. Exodus 19, verse number 18. The Bible says in Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke. 
because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. What's that word again? Remember that great sight? The whole mount quaked greatly. There's a fire again. And when we see fire in the Bible, when we see fire here, it usually represents the very presence of an almighty God. What if we as a church, we as believers, we as Christians got that fire down deep in the midst of our heart, our soul, the very presence the very power of an almighty God. The world is moving a million miles an hour. They're going and they're doing. And every once in a while, they look back. You know, we, we're on the internet and you're on YouTube, the social media account. And you know when you stop scrolling, when you see something that's really interesting, Something that kind of catches your eye. And can I tell you, everyone out there today, it seems, is trying to create that next video that's going to produce all of the clicks. Get all of the eyes. That's what, they're, that's what the world's trying to do. And so we, the church, are trying to keep up with a world that's trying to produce and to create all of the clicks if we could just get people to click on our website, then they would come to church. If we could just get people to click onto our social media accounts and like our page, we'll see souls saved. Maybe. But you know what? It's not going to be how creative our social media accounts are that's going to make the difference in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> it's not going to be how professional our website is that changes or flips Akron, Ohio, upside down for the cause of Christ. It's going to be a church that is literally on fire for God, experiencing the very presence of an almighty God. That's what's going to, that, 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 that amazing website might get that person to look, maybe take a second look. But when there is something different, and that difference is God, it makes all the difference in all the world. That is what we need today. What is it going to take for us as believers to get there? I'm not saying that we shouldn't work on our social media accounts and make sure our website is professional. That's not what I'm saying this evening. But if that's what we're counting on, if that's what we're relying on to make a difference in Akron, Ohio, we're going to miss the boat. We will fall short. It must be. It has to be God. An almighty God. He's the one that makes the difference in the teenager's life. He's the one that strengthens, takes care of that marriage. We need God. Our Sunday schools need God. The choir needs God. The music ministry needs God. Our pastor, Pastor Mark O'Donnell, needs God. And if ever we as Community Baptist Temple attempt to serve without God, we will fail. We will, without a doubt, fall short. Moses turned. He saw something amazing. Wow, what is that? It wasn't just the bush. 
It was a part of it. It wasn't just the fire. He might have liked fire too. But this bush was not consumed. This bush was not burnt. There was something different about this, this bush. And can I tell you, I want you to think of it this way. As we look at these verses, go back to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. In verse number 2. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 2. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. That bush by itself, is just ordinary. Nothing special. Nothing different. Just a bush. And can I tell you, by ourselves, we believers, Christians, children of God, individually, again, by myself, I'm nothing special. By myself, I'm just ordinary. Here I am, Josh O'Donnell. There's nothing really miraculous, nothing amazing that I am going to accomplish in this life by myself, I guess, that will last or stand the test of time, make its way through to eternity. I can't do it by myself. I'm like that bush, just, hmm. And if I'm just here by myself, doing a whole bunch of good things, doing it all right, but just a bush, the world's going to walk right on by. The world's not going to notice me. I want to make a difference. I want to see souls saved. I'm just a bush. They're not noticing me. Why aren't they noticing me? Maybe the bush is missing something extremely valuable. Something extremely vital. What was different about this bush? Verse number two. He looked. <laughs> Moses. He looked and behold the bush burned with fire. Burned with fire. Remember where? Out of the midst of the bush. Burned this fire. You want to step it up a notch? You're tired of just going through the motions? Just being ordinary? Preacher talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. You want to get extraordinary? You want, you want to become extraordinary? An extraordinary Christian? You can't be just that normal bush walking down the street. You need to have that fire burning down deep in your soul. That's going to turn things around. That's going to change it all. You say, I want to see souls saved. I want to see lives changed. I want to make a difference in Akron, Ohio. When I go door knocking, why is it that I never see souls saved? Because it's not you and it's not me. It's not this church. It's the God, the fire that's burning down deep in our hearts and our soul. If we're trying to do it without it, we're wasting. Why is my Sunday school class not growing? Where's the fire? Where's the very presence of an almighty God that is so vital? So very important. So necessary. By myself, I'm just ordinary. Nothing special. But coupled with an almighty and all-powerful God, there's no telling what could be accomplished. We as a church, 
We're just, we're nothing special. We're just a bunch of sinners here. We're just that bush, boring and dull. Nothing to take note of. But you put the power of God here, the very presence of an almighty God. There's no telling what could be accomplished in and through CBT right here in Akron, Ohio and abroad. I just don't see how we can make a difference on the other side of the globe. We can't, but God can. The very presence and the power of an almighty God. There's too many Christians. Too many of those bushes are on fire, but they're burning up. They're burnt out. Being consumed. And the world's watching. And they're looking. And they've noticed how miserable most believers are. Where's the smile? Where's the joy? Why would I want to go to that church? Why would I want to be a part of that religion? Honestly, why? Is there anything different? Is there anything extraordinary about this church? It's got to be God. Without God, we will give in. Without God, we will give up. Without God, we will burn out. I just don't get it. People just dropping like flies. I, they were so faithful. They were involved up to their neck in service, singing in the choir and teaching Sunday school and working on a bus, and, and they're, they're, they're gone. What happened? It's just an ordinary bush. Nothing crazy. Shouldn't shock us. We're doing it without God. We're serving without God. We're working without God. And we're wearing down. We're tearing down. We're going to quit. We're going to give up. Because we can't do it by ourselves. We're just ordinary, no good for nothing sinners. That's what we are. Amen. Verse number five. Verse number five. The Bible says, And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off. Thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Holy ground. Where are the Christians? Where are the believers? Where are the grandma and grandpas, the moms and dads, the teenagers, the boys and girls that know what it's like to be on? holy ground. Where is that gone? Have you experienced that lately? Notice that place. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. That's a place I'd like to be. That's a place I want to be. Verse number six, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Folks, we have lost our reverence 
for a holy God. This right here is a holy place. This is a special place right here. And we as parents, and I mean this, I'm one of them, we need, we need to do a good job of teaching our children that this is a holy place. Notice how careful and cautious Moses was here. Even the fear that is mentioned. There is a, a holy reverence. There is something different here. <laughs> I've never experienced this before. Moses is not quite sure how to react, how to respond. All he can do is hide his face. Hide his face. Because he's in this place, this holy place. And if we, a church, almost done, lock in on this right here. We as a church are going to make a difference. We're going to have to clean up a little bit. What did he do? He said, take off those shoes. We're going to have to get rid of some dirt, some junk in our lives. If we're going to be used of God, if we're going to have this fire down deep in our hearts, our lives, we're going to be on fire for God, and we're going to see God do some miraculous, some amazing works. We're going to have to clean up just a little bit. Amen. I saw the word in verse number two, and I, I spent some time talking about it. Looked. A bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Remember, there, there's old Moses walking, and he catches, catches his, that catches his eye. He looks, he notices there's a bush, and that bush is on fire. And that bush is not consumed. I'm going to go check this out. He looked, and he saw, you know what we need to be able to do as Christians? We have to be able to get to the place where we can get God to look. Is God listening? Does God hear you when, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Is God listening? Is God looking to you? Is he looking at you? Does he notice you? Go, in conclusion, let's jump back one chapter. Chapter 2, verse number 23. Chapter 2, verse 23 there in Exodus. I'm going to read three verses. 23, 24, and 25, Exodus chapter 2. The Bible says, and it came to pass... In process of time, that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And look, here it is, 25. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. This is happening around the same time. About the same time I'm telling this story about old Moses. The children of Israel are back there in bondage and they're going, <laughs> actually that's exactly what they're doing. They, they don't know what to say. They're not saying anything here. What are they doing? They're crying. They're crying. They're groaning. And that gets God to look. I just, I just don't know what to say. We're on the right track. I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. God says, perfect. Now we're talking. Now we're getting somewhere. A lot of times, we like to keep a little extra in the back pocket. 
we make sure there's a little slack there at the end of the rope, and if it really gets bad, I'm not going to fall to my doom, right? I'm okay. I've got this. God's waiting for you to get to the end of that rope. The children of Israel, they're crying out. <laughs> it's never going to end. No hope. It's over. This, this is it. This is all we have. Don't even know what to say. Just crying, groaning. God noticed. Where have the tears gone? I want to make a difference in Akron, Ohio. I'm praying for my husband. Where have the tears gone? I'm praying for my nephew. Oh, that grandson, that grandchild. Where have the tears gone? No more tears. Our hearts aren't broken. We're not burdened. There's no fire down deep in our hearts. You get a hold of God. We get a hold of God. He'll break us. Have you, got, have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Just talking to you for a second. Have you ever been there where you're praying and you're so broken about a specific situation? You have been through it. And all you can do is weep. All you can do is groan. I feel so helpless. There's nothing I can do. Romans 8.26. Go there in closing. Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26. The writer here says it's not all that uncommon, and actually it's, it's not that bad. You don't know what to do. You're just crying. You're just groaning. It's okay. Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Intercession for us. Oh, thank you, Lord. He knows. He knows what we need. He even knows what we're trying to say. We just can't say it. If we're going to make a difference, if we're going to see something extraordinary, it's only going to come in and through God. And wow, does that sound cliche, I know. But that's where it's at. Moses turned. Are you willing to turn aside? You're busy, I know. You got work and responsibilities. You're ramming and running. Are you willing to slow down, stop, turn, and actually go the other direction? My priorities are just a little off tonight, and I know that. Like Moses, I'm turning, and I'm turning back to God. I got to get back to God. And you do. We do. The church in America today has to get back to God. Must get back to God. This ordinary status quo life in which we're living is not going to make the difference. We have to turn and get back to God. We need God. Amen. Father, we come to you. Lord, I pray that you would place a 